Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Matthew Bradkovich has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Matthew. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, February 19th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from the slowly thawing fields of Finland, I'm Patrick Beja. And uh, I'm the show's producer from somewhere in L.A. County, Roger Ting. And uh, <laughs> we are very happy that Patrick is thawed out and ready to talk to us today uh, because we have some news about Google getting into game streaming, which I find quite Ooh. intriguing, Patrick. And I know you've been following this and can explain it to us. Absolutely. All right. Oh, I, I can do it yeah. now in no, one no, sentence. No, no, wait, wait. We'll, go, we'll <laughs> okay. get to it. We'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> All right. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Oh, this is a good one, guys. Samsung's new foldable phone will be called the Galaxy Fold. Mm. Surprise! <laughs> Evan Blass, a.k.a. EvLeaks on Twitter, who is very deep in Samsung leaks, reported details about that and the Galaxy S10 family of devices ahead of tomorrow's launch. But Samsung itself ran a TV commercial airing prematurely, supposedly, in Norway that backed up the claims. Among the things shown in the commercial are a hole punch dial for the front-facing camera, an in-screen fingerprint reader, and the ability to wirelessly charge another device. Wait, you said supposedly. Do you think Samsung intentionally leaked this themselves? Because they're like, why Why not? Evan Blass is going to leak everything anyway. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. Yeah. No, I think it, it could be intentional. It, everyone's right. going to be looking forward to it now i don't think you can really run a tv ad unintentionally well somebody could put the wrong there's so many things to go into right i mean okay so okay my Mm, supposed stance walmart's latest earnings report u.s sales up 4.2 percent over the same time last year and a 43 percent rise in e-commerce sales in the u.s beating analysts expectations walmart said the strong e-commerce growth was due to the expansion of its grocery pickup and delivery businesses and broader offering on walmart 
DTNS.com. And a follow-up to something we talked about on a previous DTNS, Ghostery published a study Friday showing theirs and other ad blocker extensions had sub-millisecond impact on Chrome network requests, using that to dispute the need to change how ad blocking extensions work in Chrome which had been justified as a as, uh, helping performance. The Chrome team has now withdrawn their plans to require extensions to use declarative net request APIs instead of the older web request API. Web request API is going to stick around for now. Uh, if you remember, that would have limited or broken how many ad blocking extensions worked. So all that uh, talk that we had uh, ended up uh, with Ghostery convincing Chrome to pull it back. And things are just going to stay for ad blocking extensions the way they have, at least for now. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, an interesting use of streaming video going on in France, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, a number of French Twitch and YouTube channel producers have banded together to organize Le Grand Débaton, <laughs> which is a French pun, kind of funny. But <clears throat> anyway, inviting <laughs> members of the French government to discuss social and political issues with citizens and influencers. The discussions were streamed on Twitch mainly and YouTube and incorporated interactions with chat rooms. The initiative follows the unrest and Gilets jaunes movement and the countrywide Grand Débat that the government is organizing to consult the people over a period of several weeks. Is uh, So what's the pun? Is it, right, that was my question too. It sounds like so, Grand Debate what, what, became What's Grand funny about this that yeah. we don't get it? All right, so uh, the Grand Débat is the title of that uh, big uh, uh, debate consultation that the government is putting together. And the the, the verb to debate, um, when said in the first person, first plural person, is débaton. Um, so that means it's like the let's debate all of us together using the basic it's a pun you can't yeah, explain no, a pun in a different I, I, language i, I, it, I mean okay. it, do, it doesn't make it yeah. funny to when you explain it trust me but uh, <laughs> but i get it now yeah. I, I now understand Hello context yeah. right yeah um, so so the idea here being that while the government is doing its own events to 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 extend uh, the debate and have discussion about how France should work. Uh, this was an effort to kind of bring in younger folks, YouTube creators. What, what did this end up being? Yeah, I think what was noteworthy in this, uh, it, it was a 11 hours of uh, debate with members of the actual cabinet of the government, okay. uh, not the president himself, but the prime minister also took part in some of it. Um, and the interesting part was that there were a lot of uh, actual content creators from YouTube aimed at young people, uh, some political, some not political at all. There were uh, Twitch streamers and, uh, you know, citizens, uh, students, uh, high school students, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so this is, this is really an effort from the, from what I understand, from those Twitch and YouTube channel producers to get the youth interested in the debate about the future of the country. Now, whether or not it was an exercise in, in, uh, um, PR for the government, which some people have said, I think the initiative is interesting to to go where the young people are. So on a scale of from hello, fellow teenagers to, hey, that's cool. Where did this fall? <laughs> um, I think the, the, the format 
and the form was very cool. Uh, and I will let the uh, substance of it to the appreciation mm -hmm. of each person who will probably appreciate it differently depending on their political leanings. I, I think the format works surprisingly. And the people who participated in the debate, uh, the, the, the creators and citizens um, had interesting questions and, and discussions. Well, in other news, Amazon, Amazon's everywhere, but you might not know that it has operated a joint venture in China since 2004 as a way to buy imported goods. Keijing reported Tuesday that Amazon is in talks to merge its China business with another cross-border shopping platform called Kaola, run by China's NetEase. Amazon had 6% of China's import shopping business, well behind NetEase's Kaola, Alibaba's T-Mail Global, and JD.com. Merging with Amazon would also be a way to boost Kaola's inventory. So it seems like it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, neither one are, are commenting on this, but it, it does. Uh, it is interesting because Amazon would still hold a part of this. It, it's a merger. They're not selling right. it off. Amazon already has to operate as a joint venture, as most foreign companies do in China. So it's not like they aren't already uh, involved with a Chinese company. And this would allow the Amazon venture to have access to Kaola's large market share, their leading market share for, for people looking to shop for imported goods into China. Uh, and it would give Kaola access to all those imported goods that Amazon has. And, you know, Amazon has access to a lot more goods uh, than most Chinese companies. So it does seem like it would be a win-win for these companies within China anyway. Agreed. All right. You know, I kind of, oh, sorry, oh I, I was just going to say, I see NetEase and I think, they invest in every game company yeah. that I hear of ever, either them or Tencent. This is and their that's, their way to stay ahead of just in case that business, you know, they've, they've reinvented right. themselves multiple times. And this is kind of the next mm -hmm. step for them, I think. That's a good point. Uh, Huawei founder and CEO Ren Zhengfei gave interviews to the BBC and CBS this week. He told the BBC... Even if they persuade more countries, they meaning the U.S., not to use us temporarily, we can always scale things down a bit, saying he doesn't feel like Huawei is in, under an existential threat. He also said, our company will never undertake any spying activities. If we have any such actions, then I'll shut the company down. Uh, he told CBS <laughs> that it is not possible that the Huawei equipment being used has a backdoor. Uh, however, on a separate <laughs> note, not not actually even uh, conflicting with anything that he said. The information reports that its sources say a Huawei engineer met with the maker of a sensor for the Apple Watch in order to press for details on how it was made. The supplier says it did not tell them anything, but the information says that apparently Huawei rewards employees with bonuses pegged to the confidential value of information they collect for the company. Now, Huawei said in, in response to this that it respects third-party intellectual property and requires suppliers to uphold a high standard of ethics. But it does, to me, Patrick, show that Huawei it being accused of spying on governmental uh, accusations, easy for them to defend. Uh, they feel comfortable saying, no, we're not doing that. Uh, Huawei being accused of uh, intellectual property theft, however, possibly harder for them to deny. Yeah, I think those are really two very different issues. I would not be surprised if most Chinese companies and possibly many non-Chinese companies engage in um, IP appropriation. <laughs> I don't want to say theft. <laughs> but, nicely, uh, nicely put. 
<laughs> and 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 I do believe that it would be an entirely different issue to uh, essentially open a back door for your government. Those are not the same. Um, the, what uh, the CEO is uh, Ren Zheng, uh, Zhengfei is saying seems like all the things that he would be saying. Um, except maybe I will shut the company down if we see a backdoor one day. That seems a little bit forceful. Yeah. When um, they asked him about connections to the army and the government, he got a little quieter. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he, he deferred a little bit on that. So, you know, it, it, it was clear which, which ones he felt very confident uh, in answering and which ones he would have rather not have been asked. I, the China Chinese trade minister is coming to Washington D.C. later this week to discuss trade negotiations. It's just no uh, it's no accident that he is out here doing this campaign right now because I you know I do think that there's there's some there's a trade gambit going on that's part of this and accusing Huawei of government uh, cooperation is an easy one to sell to the public and get people upset about uh, even if it's something that is less possibly true than good old-fashioned third-party intellectual property uh, theft, which would be something you would negotiate in a trade negotiation. You want to whip up the public sentiment, even if you're using it to fix a different problem. Which means we still don't know, I suppose. If I'm reading the tea leaves, uh, the U.S. is going to come in and say, hey, you stop uh, giving your employees bonuses for uh, stealing sensor tech from U.S. companies, and, and we have a basis for an understanding here. I don't think they're as worried about backdoors in those negotiations as they are in public. You know, at this point, I do feel like letting up on that accusation would be difficult. Yeah. If all of a sudden they say, hey, we've negotiated a trade deal and uh, we have agreements and now everything's fine, go ahead, use Huawei uh, equipment, we, it would discredit future uh, accusations or of would it? Or do you say, and we got assurances would. from them during these negotiations that there aren't any back doors, and we feel confident in that? I, I think that's yeah. Awesome. I I feel like assurances that there aren't any wouldn't be good enough. I don't know. And UK are saying they're fine with using Huawei equipment. It does yes. look like Germany might agree. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a little leverage being well, slipping there too. I, I will say that the um, the British did say it was manageable. Not manageable. That yeah. No, that's the direct quote. You're right. Well, here's something that we do know for sure. Qualcomm announced the Snapdragon X55 5G modem, a follow-up to the first 5G modem, the X50. Qualcomm will begin to share the chip with its partners in the coming months with first devices shipping before the end of the year, according to Qualcomm. The Snapdragon X55 has a theoretical maximum of 7 gigabits per second compared to 5 gigabits for the X50. It also has support for adaptive antenna tuning for its sub 6 gigahertz 5G, which helps power efficiency, at least in theory. And Qualcomm says that the X55's flexibility should make it easier and a better fit for devices beyond smartphones and Wi-Fi hotspots. A great example of why you shouldn't buy (laughs) first-generation equipment, right? Yeah, Yeah, X50, we now have a better one. X50's okay. Uh, The X55, it's going to be more compatible. It's going to have better better speed. It's also, uh, another interesting point about it is it's going to be more useful for non-phone devices, uh, for for things like cars and and, and other other sort of Internet of Things type devices that are big enough uh, to take advantage of a big modem like this. But it's going to going to be a little better architected as well. Mm. It feels like 
in this case, if you had already bought or if you are now buying a device that is 5G compatible, it is really that you want to future proof it because you don't want to buy another one within, you know, five years. Uh, there is no 5G network anywhere. No, almost, right. almost. Yeah. No, if you're if, um, if you're buying a five so, G modem right now for that reason, uh, don't because that's that's not going to be future proof. Well, I uh, mean, you know, the X fifty is okay, but it's not going to work nearly as well as the X fifty five, which you can get later this year. Yes, and the networks aren't. I, I'm guessing if you're you have to buy something now, and you're thinking, well, five G is going to happen at some point. I'd better get that one. But yes, it's not the best one you can get yeah. at the point that now, the 5G networks are. It's sorry. because you just need or want to have it now. Want is more likely. And that's where we get into the maybe mm. you shouldn't. Yeah, for sure. Uh, engineers at Rochester Institute of Technology have designed a toilet seat <laughs> that can measure your sub giggling. It's it's serious. Sorry, I, I just I've been waiting for the story this entire time. Okay, keep going. Uh, the, the toilet seat that can measure your blood pressure, blood oxygen level, and stroke volume every time someone sits on it. The engineers say it needs more testing, but so far it stands up to comparable hospital equipment like standard ECGs. Another problem to address is how to discard readings from when a user is actually using the toilet rather than just sitting, which can affect readings. If you're wondering why we have avoided the obvious puns in explaining this story, it's because the incomparable Beth Mole used them all in the article for Ars Technica. It was, it's glorious. Uh, you must read Beth Mole's article. We have a link in the show notes. Go to <laughs> ArsTechnica.com. I mean, the way she u executed the use of the word privy in this article is just, it's a masterstroke, <laughs> really. Well, uh, and, and, and it, it's interesting to, you know, understand that the toilet is trying to discern from, oh, are you just sitting on the toilet or are you actually using the toilet? And when does anyone sit on the toilet when they're actually not using the toilet? Well, I mean, that's a delicate way of saying there's when you're sitting and then when you're actually like but, 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 engaged but in the activity that, you know, in other words, when you're sitting waiting to go, that is okay reading. When you're actually yeah. in the process of doing the things that you need to do on the toilet, right. your heart you're is pooping or pressure, peeing. Pressures yeah. might Tom, be a little bit Tom, yeah. Tom is mm -hmm. trying to say when you're pooping or peeing. Yeah, it's so fine. It's, We're adults. Okay, we can fine. say yeah. poo and right. pee. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> There's toilet stuff. I my my whole thing is just like I just you know if I'm if I if I if I want the toilet to measure me and it's doing a great job at doing it, wonderful. But you don't want to sit on a toilet unless no no no. I, and you I have think to this be there. Like, okay, you have to sit on the toilet now to take your heartbeat. This is taking advantage of the fact that there is some downtime between the time you sit and the well, time. I think it depends on the person you execute. Uh, you know? There's some. I mean, there's some. some of us are thirty. You don't you don't need a lot, okay? You just need some. Right. Uh right. and 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 in cases especially in hospitals where people not might not be able to to wear a sensor uh sure. and and it it would just be more convenient to have more frequent readings because that's something that a person would be going to do unless they're of course bedridden. Um, yeah. I I think this is we're making we're joking because it's a joke easy sure. uh topic yeah. but I, mm -hmm. the the goal 
is that you kind of don't need to worry about it. If it works the way it's supposed to, you just use the toilet as yeah. you would uh, yeah. uh, a, a few times a day. It, you don't worry about it and it takes your readings. So that's yeah. useful in that sense. The, the worry is on the part of the, the scientists who are researching this to figure out, like, how do we make sure that we discard the useless data? Uh, exactly. so there is some data that's polluted in there and <laughs> we need to make sure we don't uh, let that affect the other week. So. Hey, uh, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes to keep up to date quickly, uh, subscribe to our sister show, dailytechheadlines.com and you will feel more up to date. All right. Google sent out a press invite today to its keynote at the Game Developers Conference, March 19th. That's not that big a deal. Google's always at the GDC. They always have some things to say, usually developer-oriented, because, hey, it's a Game Developers Conference. But this invite was intriguing people because it said, like, you know, some some uh, some vague things that sort of alluded that they might have more to say this time than usual. Well, sources are telling Fortune that the event will include the announcement of the launch of Project Stream. Project Stream is Google's, up till now, in-development game streaming service, an all-you-can-play cloud-based video game subscription service. So you'd pay a certain amount of money, probably a month. You'd get access to a bunch of games that they have the rights to, and then you can play them on any device. This is very similar to PlayStation's uh, service, the Shadow service that Patrick has talked about. also, Fortune notes that we do have some some rumors out there that Verizon, Apple, and Amazon are all expected to get into the same business here as well. And Patrick, this has been your beat. You you talked to us and introduced <laughs> us to Shadow. Uh, you talk quite a bit on on your shows, uh, like Pixel uh, and monthly video game briefing about these streaming services. Uh, it does seem like we're hitting a new phase in this if Google gets into it. This could be the start of the real. Uh, uh, realization of this potential. We've been talking about game streaming for a very long time. Um, in the past couple of years, uh, it seems like every company, uh, gaming company, is investigating this uh, possibility. And it has stayed kind of vague or uh, uh, futuristic for a few years. Now, Google has tested it with Assassin's Creed um, Odyssey uh, at the end of last year, if you remember, in a partnership with Ubisoft. And I honestly didn't think it was going to be ready to announce anytime soon. But if they do that, um, if they end up announcing it with a relatively quick release date, availability date, um, it would be important for two things. First, it actually starts the uh, massive commercial offensive of the service and it puts Google, uh, which is not primarily a gaming company, in direct competition with all of the platform holders, meaning PlayStation, uh, uh, Nintendo and Xbox are now have a competitor which doesn't even require you to own the device. And that's that could be industry changing. Yeah, and 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 it would it would put the marketing muscle behind it, right? Because you've convinced me that the shadow service is a pretty good service, but I know a lot of people have questions about it. It also it isn't scaling the same as a cloud service because you're not just going into the cloud; you're getting access to an entire machine, right? Yeah, the the shadow service is really uh, apart from all of the other ones. All of the ones that we are hearing about just offer game streaming. So you log in and you can choose the game you stream and you stream it. The shadow service uh, gives you access to 
a PC in the cloud. So you can do whatever you want with the PC. And I actually went and tested it again. Um, I've been testing it here and there for a, a couple of years since its launch, uh, maybe even three years now or four. Um, and I am in Finland. The servers are in France. So it is far from an ideal um, situation. But the game I was testing is Overwatch, which is a first-person shooter, requires very fast action. I'm not going to tell you it ran as well as the one that I had on my computer, but it was playable. And for a game, it's the, the most uh, lag-dependent type of game you can imagine. And it was definitely playable uh, across the vast divide between France and Finland. So that, to me, says these services have matured. The Shadow service is one of them, and they are now becoming real. And if uh, Google indeed announces it, that will be day one of the era of game streaming services being an actual reality. I'm not even counting, um, you know, things like OnLive that did exist and PlayStation Now that does exist, because those were always kind of side projects or things that might have worked uh, technically, but commercially, commercially didn't have uh, the kind of offerings you would want for various reasons. So this could be the start. Yeah, I'm t- I'm tempted to make you know comparisons to previous product lines, like you know there 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 were smartphones and then the iPhone came and everything changed, or or you know there were desktop operating systems that had Windows and then Windows came and everything changed. So you know this this does feel like the moment when the big guys are going to get in. Uh, is this the kind of situation where if you're Apple, Amazon, Google, or even Verizon, uh, you have enough muscle to to make this popular where even if the existing options are superior, uh, you, you, can, you can market against them and, and get all the users? Well, the big advantage of this type of service is that the uh, onus of computer of equipment is not on the end user. Mm-hmm. It's on the company. Meaning you don't need a console. You don't need a powerful PC. You don't need anything. You could do this on a phone. You could do this on a, uh, a TV screen. You just launch the app or the service and you're playing immediately. So there is no barrier to accessing that service in a way that is very different from what has uh, been the case until now for most gaming services. So this is a long way of saying anyone could potentially uh, become the distributor of games in a very easily accessible manner. Uh, Verizon, Apple, Amazon, anyone who has the technology could potentially compete in that uh, area. So, and this is very um, not damaging, but this is a dangerous situation for the uh, established uh, major players in that industry. Yeah. I mean, it's companies that have good cloud services and robust networking, Amazon, Google. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can argue about Apple and iCloud, but they've been doing it for a while. So they, they certainly have the infrastructure for it. Uh, Verizon is a carrier, right? They certainly have the infrastructure for it. So yeah, it makes sense that they would they would want to get mm-hmm. in there. Uh, where somebody, even so, a company like Sony, isn't a networking company, isn't a cloud services yes. company. So, yeah. 
in that in that game, uh, Sony probably has the least uh, uh, technical capabilities. It seems they are ramping them up as they probably should, but Microsoft is much better positioned for that. Yeah. I will also add that, of course, not everyone is going to be able to enjoy those uh, services. As I always, I always say this. But the fact that not everyone, you know, someone will tell us, well, I only have ADSL. Clearly, you're not in the best position for this. But many people will be able to take advantage of them. And the fact that you can't play every game doesn't mean that you can't play any game. So the ease of access can be interesting in some cases. And that might be a big enough market that uh, some companies will take advantage of it. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Speaking of taking advantage of the cloud, we're our own little cloud. Submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. And we also have Nate Langson back with a short preview on the next text message podcast special, Weird Farm Stuff Edition. Go! Thanks, guys. This week, you can join me as I explore a dairy farm in rural Ireland and find out how facial recognition technology for cows works. That's right, for cows. We also explore a UK startup that's made a version of Tinder for farmers looking to breed their livestock. And just to prove we're not normally talking about weird farm stuff on this show, we also have the CEO of Patreon, Jack Conti, on to shed some light about what's next for the company keeping Tom and I in business. That's all in episode 158 of Text Message, available now at techpodcast.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, Happy President's Day, America. Oh, thank you, Nate. Oh, thanks. I, uh, I, part of my President's Day was enjoying this very moving episode of Text Message. Ooh, very nice. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. 
To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. All right, enough of that. Let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. Rob from Ramstein AFB wanted to ask Patrick specifically, because he's on the show on Tuesdays, about 5G in Europe. Rob says, Patrick, I know you haven't talked about this in a few weeks, but I figured since the resident socialist is on today, what's the situation in Europe in regards to 5G? I've just moved to Germany from the States, so I know I'm going to miss out on the initial rollout at least for a few years. If I remember correctly, 4G came to Europe later in the States later than the States, rather, but ended up being faster. Do you think it will be the same case over here? Um, so is is he to, is Rob, are you talking about 5G-E or actual 5G? Because <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm confused now with what you do. 5G is uh, following Let's the same... Let's call it 5G for the purposes of <laughs> Right, right. Um, so yeah, I think it's following the same kind of schedule roadmap as uh, 4G was. The the comparison between the two, um, meaning it's going to come a little bit later, maybe maybe six months to a year, uh, but it's actually going to work. So you know that's what we have going for us. And I think those time gaps feel bigger in the few months when they are happening. Uh, we're not talking years here. I I remember covering for ZDTV radio, I guess it was Tech TV radio by then, uh, the rollout of 3G in Europe and how we weren't getting it here in the States and that (laughs) Europe was way ahead of us. And and eventually we got it and then it felt like there really wasn't a difference. LTE kind Mm. of felt felt the same way. It was weird that one time I went to Europe and they didn't have LTE yet and I did back in the States. Those things generally pass and and then you you reach a sort of parity. So I don't don't know that it makes much of a difference. it doesn't really. I mean, we're starting the tests uh, now, at least in France, uh, in a few cities, and the more generalized rollout will happen uh, soon after. It's also when it's rolled out in in the U.S. It's so big that it's rolled out in two or three cities, and the rest of the country doesn't have it. Usually, the people reporting on it are in San Francisco, <laughs> so it feels like they all have it, and they're all super. But you know, the the rest of the country often doesn't have it yet, so that plays a role. Uh, as well. Well, thanks, Rob, for the feedback and the question for Patrick Beja. Um, and also on the subject of Patrick Beja, thanks, Patrick Beja, <laughs> for being on the show with us. Um, we know that you are keeping warm in Finland, but besides that, what else is going on and how can people keep up with your work? Uh, there are a couple of things you could do. If you enjoy uh, gaming, you could go listen to Pixels, the latest episode of which we, uh, in which we talk about Tetris 99, which is a Battle Royale Tetris, the most incredible thing that was uh, announced last week. It took the world by storm. And we talk about a bunch of other things, the Activision Blizzard layoffs and uh, the uh, Rocky launch of Anthem, uh, among other things. You can also listen to the monthly video game briefing, which I do with Scott Johnson, which is a an offshoot of the Daily Tech News Show. It's a monthly show, and uh, we talk a little bit more to the casual audience. You don't need every single detail of every game coming out. Maybe that show is for you. So Pixels, uh, Pixels on the one hand, and MVGB on the other. Get the complete video game picture by subscribing <laughs> to both. Uh, hey, our goal each month is to get one more patron than last month, uh, and you could be that person that puts us over the edge. If you haven't become a member of DTNS, uh, you're missing out. There's cool stuff in there that you can get in an RSS feed. I think a lot of people don't realize like, well, I don't have to go to a separate website to get the things. Uh, You can get an RSS feed from Patreon 
when you're a member of DTNS that will give you all of the cool DTNS audio right in whatever podcatcher you are using. So for instance, today, if you're a member, you got an update from Shannon Morse from ThreatWire about some Android vulnerabilities that happened over the last week. Uh, there's all kinds of cool stuff like that showing up at patreon.com slash DTNS. Go sign up right now. And if you have feedback for us, we want to hear it. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. PM Eastern, 21.30 UTC. I'm still waiting for us to change the UTC part of it. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.